So methylation, why you need to know about it? Is it the missing link in your journey? What the heck is MTHFR and why do we need to care? What is a SNP? All of these things. How do we test for our methylation? And also the whole folic acid conundrum. We're going to be unpacking all of this today in an hour or less, I hope. So stay tuned and we're going to jump right in. what methylation is because there's a lot of biochemical things that are you know happening it's such an intricate process but essentially it's an addition of a single carbon group with three hydrogens onto a compound and okay that's the definition what the heck does that mean why do i need to know about this well it's in charge of over 200 biochemical processes in the body. So let's talk about a few of these and why it's so important. So gene regulation, so turning genes on and off. So if you have a history, a family history of certain things, cancers, um, other issues like that, diseases, chronic conditions, all the things, right? Your methylation is in charge of turning those genetics on or off. Uh, processing chemicals. So in, in the detox world, right, if you are super sensitive to, de to detoxification supplements, you can't detox, your body can't move things out well. Um, it is really important that you're supporting your methylation the whole process. Building neurotransmitters. So this is, this is another thing. I see this with uh, detoxification error and also neurotransmitter issues because if your methylation is not working appropriately, you're going to have a lot of trouble converting things like norepinephrine and epinephrine, um, your serotonin to melatonin. So it could be affecting things like depression and sleep. And then of course, dopamine. Um, so people who are struggling with uh, dopam excess dopamine, which can lead to things like ADHD, ADHD behavior, autism, tics, things like that, you need to be looking at your methylation. Um, your body's ability to metabolize these neurotransmitters, so not just building them, but also metabolizing them. So thinking about their pathways, they all have a biochemical pathway, right? And so if we have something inhibiting that pathway, it's going to cause a buildup of neurotransmitters. Um, how we process our hormones, hello, estrogen dominance, right? If our methylation is screwed up, we can't breakdown. Remember, our hormones have pathways too. If they're being inhibited because we're missing some links along that methylation chain, uh, it's going to affect your ab ability to process hormones. Um, building immune cells. So hello, chronic infection. Um, it's important for our T cells, our natural killer cells, things like that. DNA and histone synthesis. So um, our DNA replication, our, our cell division, our protein folding, all of those things have to, con we have to be continually rebuilding, right? Especially when we live in such a catabolic state that chronic stress brings us. So we have to make sure we can rebuild. Um, processing energy, producing energy, ATP production. It's huge, huge role in that. Myelination of nerves. So think um, cognitive issues, think um, dementia, neurodegenerative diseases. If this is something that runs in your family, really important to be focused on this process. Um, building and maintaining cell membranes. So remember our cell membranes, we talk about this um, when I talk about things like phosphatidylcholine and things that support cell membrane uh, regeneration because they're destroyed by things like EMFs, toxins, and chronic inflammation. So, so many enzymatic and biochemical processes require methylation, and we hear so much about the SNP MTHFR, which affects over 40% that we know of, right? Because not everybody's testing. So, 
of the population who's been tested, 40% plus now has the MTHFR mutation. And what does that mean? Well, it means that you're losing 40 to 70% of these functions, plus all the other 200 plus biochemical processes that methylation's in charge of when you have this SNP. And it's also important to make sure that you are giving the body the cofactors it needs for methylation if you do have any genetic defects that um, lead you to have methylation error. So if your methylation is being compromised by a SNP, so something you were born with, or an epigenetic defect, something that's caused by toxin exposure, medications, you know, our, our environment, um, endotoxins even, then these processes are, are they're impaired and we need them, right? We need them so the body can repair, heal, and so it can fold proteins properly, have proper cell division, because if that gets messed up, then you're going to be more at risk for things like disease, cancer, all of those all the above, right? And there's more SNPs than MTHFR. I'm just going to be talking about that one because it's the most common. And um, and essentially, it just means that you have trouble um, with your methionine homocysteine uh, portion of your methylation. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But there are more SNPs. And so I like to run a full panel. We'll talk about more about testing in just a minute. But let's first talk about how do you know if your methylation is being compromised? So a lot of times you'll, um, and I see this a lot in kids, so intolerance to things touching your skin, like clothing, being very particular about clothing, uh, touching your skin, uh, chronic pain, myalgias, abdominal pain, um, tics, speech and motor development, that being slow in children, a lot of times it's a methylation error, which your methylation is based on what your mother's methylation was doing when you were pregnant. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about preconception here in a little bit. Chronic fatigue, general weakness. Remember, we said it plays a really important role in your ATP production. So when your energy is depleted, that's a sign to say, hey, we need to be supporting this pathway. Um, neurotransmitter diseases and disorders. So um, anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD, autism, all of those things. Rashes and skin issues, um, intolerance to the environment. So some people can say, uh, yeah, when they walk into a room, they know if the Wi-Fi is on. Some people are really that hypersensitive. And I, I can be at times. Um, I have several SNPs. So I'll talk about that another day. Um, but some people really can't. Like, they cannot tolerate being around them because their, their nervous systems are so ramped up. Um, even chemical smells and toxicities and things like that. Insomnia, psychosis. Um, anger, mood instability. So one of the things that really, uh, for some of these SNPs, is like hair trigger anger, right? So anger just as a drop of a pen. That's a methylation error, you all. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, that's just their personality. This is a methylation error, especially in children, and it really needs to be looked at and supported. Um, so instability in mood, um, inability to detox, really sensitive to supplements. Uh, hormone imbalances, um, history of neurodegenerative disease, and even cancer. Um, high homocysteine. So a lot of people test for high homocysteine um, on blood work. You know, I don't really like blood work, but sometimes it can be helpful for some of these markers. So if you're having trouble with homocysteine, that means you have um, you have a you know issue with your methylation, and homocysteine eventually leads to your glutathione. So if your homocysteine's, you're kind of getting hung up in that part of your cycle then you're not making and producing glutathione. I see low glutathione all the time. It's because we live in such a toxic world, but it's also because we have a lot of methylation errors happening. Chronic headaches, inability to heal. 
Um, high blood pressure, asthma, diabetes, COPD, cardiovascular disease, anything chronic. Um, it could be a, a methylation error, and it could be your body's ability to uh, convert uh, B vitamins properly. So it's really, so these are a lot of the symptoms of methylation errors. And so if you've been doing the natural route and you've been supporting these things and not really getting from here to there, even more important to look and see what specifically in your, along your pathway you might need to be supporting. Now, I preface this conversation in a sense because there's, before I run a full genetic panel on people, uh, unless I really see like, hey, um, you know, this child is uh, autism spectrum, uh, this child's been dealing with ADD, ADHD, uh, I don't really see much going on with the gut, so let's look at the methylation. Because the thing is, these things could be driven by gut inflammation. They could be driven by um, toxicities. Heavy metals is a huge one. Um, environment, trauma, acute illnesses, all these exposures, uh, mold even, those can all affect how our DNA is being replicated. So that's why I don't jump. I mean, some people come to me and they have like 50 pages of genetics that they've run. And I'm like, I don't, I, I let's, let's focus on your foundation, right? Like clean your air, clean your food, clean your water, clean your products before you even look at this, right? Because these are going to be all kinds of screwed up if you're not building your foundation properly. Um, so, uh, what is a SNP? Cause you keep hear me keep talking about methylation SNPs. So an SNP or a single nucleotide polymorphism. So really it's, it's going to cause genetic instability. It alters your gene function and expression, and it has to be supported through just not supplementation, diet, lifestyle, eating the proper foods, right? Because supplementation only goes so far. We need bioavailability, um, especially when it comes to things like B vitamins, folate, methylcobalamin, B12, all of those things. So what else affects methylation other than these SNPs, right? Lack of cofactors. Um, so like we said, we just talked about some B vitamins. So if you're a vegan vegetarian and you have some of these chronic conditions and chronic symptoms, you have to supplement. Um, yes, you can get some, some folate from, from dark leafy greens and things like that, but it's very important to get a spectrum. You're not going to get methylcobalamin unless you eat animal products. So it's very, very important that you are supplementing and protecting that, the integrity of those B vitamins. Um, and I do have a lot of vegan vegetarians that, you know, they are so deficient in, in B vitamins and it does lead to things like anemia and, and other things. So it takes a lot of conscious effort. I'm not saying people can't thrive as a vegan. Um, I will say, so, you know, just briefly, I ran my methylation a while back, of course, and I do have a lot of SNPs. And so for me, when I was vegan for six years, I actually felt the worst I've ever felt. I now know why, right? Because I was deficient in folate. I was deficient in methylcobalamin, all of those very important B vitamins that I needed. I was missing those cofactors and I have double mutations, so I was already like at 70% loss of my methylation function. So for me, of course, I'm gonna have energy issues, I'm gonna have weakness, I'm gonna have chronic infection, all of those things because I was not supporting those specific nutrients that my body needs. And I really have a theory because some people do really thrive with veganism and vegetarianism, um, and maybe those are the ones that don't have these SNPs, you know, so it's a theory. Um, I definitely think if you are vegan, vegetarian, you are trying to heal, you're not really getting where you want to be, it can be really important to look at that and see specifically what you need. Because, I mean, you have to think of your methylation as like, you know, kind of cog 
or spokes in a wheel, right? And so if you're missing some of those links, whether it's cofactors or something's inhibiting it, uh, we'll talk about some of that, then you can't turn that wheel properly, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to have some, some shifting and some, some issues, and it's going to have to rely on some backup pathways and things like that and really cause more stress on the body because now it's overcompensating. So things like medication, so some of the big ones are nitrous oxide. So some people feel terrible when they um, use that at the dentist, um, you know, things like that. Antacids, metformin, those are like the heavy hitters for sure. Um, also too, too much of a nutrient. So, you know, anytime you're supporting the body, and that's why I support based on lab work, otherwise you're just guessing. Um, any if you have too much and you're, you're causing your body to overmethylate, because the thing is when you have SNPs, some of them can be a fast mutation and some of them can be a slow one. So if you're over supporting something like niacin or SAMe or methylfolate, if you're over supporting, then you can downregulate your, your uh, methylation because it's uh, it's based on feedbacks, right? Your whole body's based on feedback mechanisms. Um, so we mentioned briefly environmental toxicity, so heavy metals, chemicals, uh, specifically things like arsenic, mercury, copper. I test people for these all the time. They always have high. I, I have yet to test someone who does not have heavy metals in their body, um, and it is causing issues with their methylation, their energy, uh, cognition, all of those things. Mental stress, so lack of sleep, um, stressful lifestyle, not addressing stress, not having a stress management plan, mindset. And then genetic mutations, right? So we have to think about all of these things. Nutrient deficiencies, that can be, um, you know, lack in diet, or it can be that you have some gut permeability and you're, you're not absorbing, or you have low stomach acid. So there's lots of things that need to be worked through before you just jump to have all your genetics testing. And I don't even think you need all of them tested. I think you really just need to look at your methylation. So we'll talk about that. Um, but a lot of these can be supported by diet, animal protein, eggs, liver, some grains. Um, but, you know, I'm grain free, so it's hard for me to really recommend grains to a lot of people because there's a lot of people who are gluten sensitive that um, grains actually have a lot of cross reactivity. So I, yes, they're in grains. I don't really, you know, push a bunch of grains on people. I'd rather eat animal protein. Um, and if you don't, you have to be on top of your supplementation as far as that goes. So. What are some risk factors for methylation issues? So not eating enough veggies, that's definitely a big one, especially your dark leafy greens. That is your number one source of folate. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we talk about folic acid. Being vegan, vegetarian, it takes conscious effort. Um, obesity, of course, alcohol, smoking, environment. So herbicides, heavy metal xenobiotics, medications. We kind of mentioned some of those. Um, acetaminophen, antacids, nitrous oxide. Um, oxidative stress. So sugar, seed oil, you know, the environment, yes, that's one form of it. But, you know, are you still consuming? Seed oils are in everything, guys. And, you know, it's really hard to go out to eat and not be exposed to them. I could not believe um, our our safe place to eat used to be like Whole Foods, their buffet, you know, um, back in the day. And when we're traveling, like we were making sure we we're always close to Whole Foods, but, um, you know, anymore, you read the labels on their hot foods and honestly, they pretty much all contain seed oils. There's some like paleo friendly things now that don't, but you really have to be 
on top of it looking and reading labels for seed oils because they are literally everywhere. Um, if you have things like yeast, SIBO, parasites, nutrient deficiencies, and then recurring infections, so it's all correlated, right? You have recurring infection, it, it causes your methylation to be downregulated. If you have a SNP, your methylation is already downregulated, and, and we just end up in this like crazy negative feedback loop, right? So I want to talk about the most common SNP um, before we talk about my folic acid rant. Um, but the MTHFR. So this is the regulator of methylation. Um, if you're homozygous, meaning you have two, like a double mutation, you have 75% or more loss of function. And that means 75% loss of function of 200 plus biochemical enzymatic reactions in the body. That's a lot, right? And so we need to, it's very empowering to know what your body's doing, what your body's able to do. And even more so, if you know what your genetics are, you know, predispositioned for when it comes to your methylation, you have to support a non-toxic lifestyle that much more. So empowering, not to scare people, empower people because you, you know, if you are predisposed to things, you have a family history of cancer, you have neurodegenerative disease in your family, things like that, you have to be even more conscious of what you're feeding yourself, feeding your children, what you're doing before you conceive, all of those things. So, so important. If you're heterozygous, that means you have 40% loss. But like I said, 40% loss of 200 plus enzymatic reactions. Um, most common is the C677T or the A1298C, and I have both of those. So it is imperative that I am supporting my methylation 24-7. It's important that and it tells me a lot of like why it sucks so bad when I detox. Of course, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't guided really properly. I wasn't trained to, um, or I wasn't guided to support drainage. I wasn't on binders, things like that. So detox sucked for me, for sure. Um, why I felt like crap when I was vegan. Uh, and just so many things. Like why, why am I so much more sensitive to um, toxicities and things like that? Well, obviously, a lot of this is innate. It's, it's in what my genes are predisposed to do. So I have to make more of a conscious effort to avoid toxicities at all costs. Um, so with, with your MTHFR, if you have these mutations, you are going to see at times an increase in homocysteine levels. Uh, this puts you at risk for cardiovascular disease. Um, it affects your antioxidant production. It affects things like cellular repair, detoxification, like we just said, energy, gene expression, and your immune response. So symptoms of the most common symptoms of MTHFR, anxiety, brain fog, chemical sensitivity, depression, that hair, hair trigger temper, and uh, irritability. So mood instability. Conditions that are brought about by the MTHFR mutation, Alzheimer's, asthma, autism, bipolar, breast cancer, chronic fatigue, downs, gastric cancer, infertility, aura migraine, MS, cardiovascular disease, and neurodegenerative or neurological diseases as well. So it's important to look at this mutation because it's a, it's a process to turn genes on. And it also is telling you that there's inadequate methylfolate, which is your B9, inadequate methylcobalamin, which is your B12, and then even riboplavin, which is your B2. 
Um, so you're going to be way more sensitive to chemical exposures. You need to be even more vigilant to be avoiding them. You need to be vigilant in avoiding folic acid. We're going to talk about that next because it is a longer conversation than just a sentence here. Um, you're going to have to be more vigilant in managing stress, physical, physiological stress, uh, because those alone can cause some of these genetics to turn on or off, right? And it's important that you are managing and looking at things like hypothyroidism because that affects you. So how do we support our MTHFR if we know we have it? Um, As I said before, you have to be really vigilant on your lifestyle. So like I always say, clean your food, clean your air, clean your water, look at your exposures and your products in your home. Um, And you have to be hypervigilant to be avoidant of those things more so than the next person, right? Because your body just is already um, working from a compromised state as far as your detoxification ability, your cell rebuilding and things like that. Um, And it's not to say that, oh, you know, you can never fix that or support it. But if you know and you're empowered with that information, it should be even more of a concerted effort to support that, right? So that you aren't at risk of your maybe familial diseases and chronic conditions and things like that. Um, It's always important, I feel like, to run a toxin test because it can really help you fine tune some things that your body's holding on to and um, maybe even some exposures you didn't really think about. So things like radioactive elements or um, phthalates and, you know, maybe there's things that are lurking in some of your beauty products or something you didn't know about or maybe your environment, right? Sometimes I see uh, people test for things like DDT, um, which hasn't been sprayed for over 60 years, but it's still showing up in people. So it's important to kind of know how your environment's affecting your health. Um, look for gut imbalances. So um, those are going to lead to missing cofactors like magnesium, B vitamins, amino acids. Those are all needed. Um, get food forms of B vitamins uh, as much as possible. So for B2, you're thinking liver, lamb, um, spinach, if you don't have an oxalate issue, um, almonds, salmon, eggs, B9, think dark leafy greens, squash, peas, and for B12, uh, red meat, salmon, clams, mussels, eggs, and crab are going to be your best sources. Liver has all of them. Um, and this one reason why too, like our grandma didn't have to worry about all of this stuff, right? They ate, they ate all the parts of the animal. They ate liver. They really were loaded with B vitamins and their environments weren't as toxic, right? So lots of things, but, um, it does make a difference. Um, so protein, make sure you're getting plenty of protein. They're the building blocks for our cells. And so animal sources are going to be best, especially if you're healing, um, because you can see that your methylation is really part, a huge, huge part of that healing process from a cellular level. Um, and if you're a vegan vegetarian, make sure that you are getting complete sources of protein as well as supplementing for methylcobalamin. Magnesium, so leafy greens, once again, fish, avocados, beans, and some grains contain uh, magnesium, but not a fan. Me personally, uh, I like, I definitely do better without it, and I don't really advise it to most people until you really know how they affect you. Um, let's talk about um, chemical exposure. So uh, one thing that methylation is really, uh, you know, one of the biggest parts of it is creating and recycling glutathione. And so if you're reducing your chemical exposure and toxicity, then you have less of a need for it, right? Then that cycle can run and produce it more adequately, right? 
Um, and the body can also produce that homocysteine um, if it's high, if you are lowering that toxin exposure, because that has to do with your glutathione recycling too. It's the same, you know, pathway. And so if your homocysteine is high, it's generally causing your glutathione to be low. So if you're, you're lowering the need for your glutathione to be high, you, you can naturally repair that homocysteine being high. Um, stress really has to be addressed, especially if you know you have some SNPs. Um, sleep optimization. Uh, get the Wi-Fi out of your bedroom. Get your devices out of your bedroom. Turn your Wi-Fi off at night. Um, you know, there's no reason for those EMFs or Wi-Fi uh, to be circulating at night. It's going to affect your sleep across the board. Get some movement. Um, find more of what fuels your soul and do more of that. Practice mindfulness, practice gratitude. Those things all make a huge difference in regulating your nervous system and help you uh, manage your stress better and react better to it. So like I always say, test, don't guess, um, while you're working on those lifestyle modifications. So build your foundation, bring in tests as you need to build upon that. Um, if you're running to a speed bump, then bring in that extra testing. I will link all the tests I discussed um, in, in the show notes and also the methylation test. I prefer cheek swab for the methylation test, so I will link that up as well. Um, it's going to look at your main methylation SNPs, so it can be very, very informative to know, especially, like I said, if you are someone who's been doing all the right things and you're still not getting where you want to be, learn exactly what your body needs and where those um, inhibitions are so that you can optimize it. Um, plan your meals. Make sure you're getting enough protein. Drink enough water. This is another huge thing. Things that are like so easy to me to tell people to do, but really we have a hard time with it. We have a hard time drinking enough water, eating enough food. Um, three meals a day. So balance your blood sugar. Make sure you're optimizing your insulin response, um, optimizing digestion. Gluten and dairy free is, is really important because you're going to lessen that antibody response in the body. So it's going to free up some of that immune system. Cut sugar and alcohol, filtered water, 7 to 10 veggies a day, avoid plastics, scented products, pesticides, herbicides, sweat. Use that skin pathway. Help your body detox, move things out. That's going to support your glutathione, which on the back ends, like you know, will support your homocysteine if it's elevated. Prioritize sleep. Get outside. Move your body. Focus on breathing. Oxygen is a cofactor for ATP production and mitochondria, like that is so important. How many of you just like sit there and like don't even realize you're you're tensed up and you're holding your breath the whole time you're working? Like you need to breathe. I, I noticed that my breath changed so much just from when I had implants. I didn't realize how shallow I you know was breathing, and also like I had mold exposure. That makes you breathe more shallow as well. So if you're not getting oxygen, of course you're gonna have um, energy issues and things like that. Um, and then just make this a routine. Make a healthy lifestyle part of your routine, then your body will synchronize with this routine and you can have that mind-body connection of like, hey, I'm being intentional with my time. I'm being intentional to avoid exposures. And the body receives that well when it knows that you're giving it what it needs and you're taking care of it. And I will say most people, this foundational work is enough. Um, some people need some supplementation. Yes, some people do, but it's really good to know specifically what you want because you could be over-supporting or under-supporting or supporting the wrong things. You can't just guess um, if you have some of these chronic conditions what your body needs, right? Look at the pathways. See, you know, have a practitioner tell you exactly what you need to be supporting, and you can take that and say, okay, well, 
I, I need more folate. I'm going to get that through diet, but at least I know exactly what I need. Um, and so run the tests, get the information, get the data you need, choose whether you want to do supplementation or food products. I will say though, our food supply is so deficient in things and it's getting more and more deficient, right? Cause our soil is becoming more and more deficient. So, um, I like a good B vitamin supplementation that's really specialized to what your specific needs are, um, but definitely make a nutrient-dense diet part of your lifestyle. Um, and don't overdo it, right? Like, I, I really like for people and to be intuitive with their supplementation. Uh, I, this is the way I do things anymore. I have kind of like my standard go-tos that I have. I don't take them every day. I take them, you know, on like I like to be intuitive. If for some reason I feel like my energy is dipping, I, I assess my lifestyle. And then I'm like, well, I haven't taken my B vitamins in a little bit. I don't need them every day. Um, but maybe I just need a little bit more right now. Maybe I had more stress this week and I burned through them a little bit more. Um, maybe I'm having t trouble winding down, so I'm going to take some magnesium tonight. Um, things like that. Or I haven't really eaten a, a a variety of foods today. Maybe I need, you know, some of this. So just be intuitive because you don't want to over support. The body knows what it needs. And so the more you can tune in and kind of get to that good optimal state of health, you'll kind of know what you need to bring in. Um, and so I like when people are, are intuitive with that and you can be way more of a, an organic approach to supplementation rather than just having, I take this every single day. I don't know if it works. I don't know um, what I'm supposed to feel if it's working and I don't even know if I need it, but this is what somebody told me to take. And, you know, I don't like that because people come to me on like 30, 40 supplementations and don't you think they're all interacting with each other? Of course they are. So get the very specific ones you need based on your genetic testing um, or your gut test and support those initially, but then be more fluid with your approach to supporting them indefinitely. All right. Are you all ready for my folic acid rant? Um, so let's first talk about what they say folic acid is and what it actually is. So folate is what your body needs. Folate is what your body can convert. And methylfolate is already pre-converted for you so your body can actually utilize it. So when someone's being told to take folic acid, it's actually doing more harm than good. We'll talk about that. But folate is the main driver of methylation. It's important for your conversion of amino acids. Um, this is imperative for your neurotransmitter function. It helps form your DNA. It helps form your red blood cells and really every cell in your body. Um, and the reason why folic acid was being approached as, as to pregnant women was that it was supposed to help with neural tube defects. And it did initially bring that level down, but then we started seeing pooling of folic acid in, in serum concentrations. And what that means is that it's unabsorbable. It's un, it, your body cannot utilize it. And so now we see correlations with things like birth defects and um, ADD. ADHD, autism, all being correlated with these high serum folic acid levels with the mother. And so it's really important to know that folic acid is not folate. Folic acid not only is unutilizable by the body, it actually blocks your folate receptors. So let's break this down a little bit. 
We already know that around half the population has MTHFR, at least one MTHFR mutation that we know of that has been actually tested. And then you add in folic acid. So we already have like 40, at least 40% loss of our methylation, 40 to 70, right? Depending on if you're a double mutation. And then you bring in folic acid, which blocks the little limited supply of folic acid receptors that your body has. And then you add, add in autoimmunity, which blocks those folate receptors even more. This is why we are seeing such an increase in childhood disease, um, things like ADD, AD, ADHD, autism, anxiety, depression, and even postpartum. They're, they're making correlations with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, because of these high serum folic acid levels. And so something that you probably did not know was that folic acid is actually added into all enriched, quote unquote, products. So breads, cereal, grains, all of these things was mandatorily added in all of these products in 1998. That's when it really got enacted. Um, and I remember, you know, that that was, a, I was, I don't know, 10, 12-ish around that time. I remember the food pyramid and at the very bottom of the food pyramid at that time, I, I don't even look at it anymore. It's so like depressing to me. I don't even look, but the bottom of that was bread, cereals, and grains. Um, because of this enrichment of, of folic acid. And it is folic acid. They are not putting folate in these products. So, bam, we have this. We're finding out there's all these methylation errors. We're having more and more childhood diseases. Let's mandatorily add in folic acid to all of these enriched products. And now we have the perfect storm of chronic illness, neurotransmitter issues, all of this dysfunction, you and, and yes, correlation does not equal causation, but it is super imperative to look at what's in front of us. We cannot wait on the medical studies that are 20 year lag time or more, obviously, because the connections are still not being made. But an easy Google search can say, hey, what was the increase in autism rates from 1998 to now? And you see an increase of 767%. Now, given there's a lot of factors that have also changed for children, the vaccine schedule quadrupled in that time as well. These are all layers of dysfunction, but it's important to put it out there because women are still being told to take folic acid in their prenatal vitamins. They're in just about every prenatal vitamin that you can see and is not what your body needs. And it's going to block your folate receptors. You need methylated folate. And why is there a B vitamin deficiency anyway? Um, because people stopped eating liver, because animal products are demonized, and now eggs are demonized, which contains choline, which is super important for your methylation. Do not make your diet a trend. Uh, I learned that the hard way, trust me. Um, do not let the government tell you what you should, should or shouldn't be eating based on their like BS food pyramid, because there's always a reason, right? So they may have gotten neural tube defects down a little bit, but look at the increase in all these other things. And the neural tube defects can also be countered by actually having good methylated folate in your diet. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense and it needs to be addressed. So it's really important. And I tell people who have children with ADD, ADHD, autism even, you all, this is why you need to read your labels. This is why you need to get your kids gluten and casein free because... Every gluten-containing product is enriched. 
And, you know, so I wonder sometimes is gluten the devil, which in, in the U S it really is like gluten is the devil here for sure. Um, but folic acid is equally as terrible. And so you need to start reading your labels. If you know you have um, any sort of SNP, if you know your child has uh, a condition that's associated with methylation errors, you have to remove folic acid from your diet because it is going to block their folate receptors and cause their issues to be even worse. I promise you, I can tell you from experience, my son has methylation, you know, some SNPs and Anytime he has gluten, it is excitatory to him. He is a completely different child. It is so terrible. It is so terrible for him. And you can see how within, literally within hours of him having it, he is a different child. And I think so often we, we, you know, we're, we're saying, oh, we're labeling kids. We're labeling them with this or that or whatever. And we're not really taking a step back and looking at like, well, what did I give them before they started acting this way? you know, and it's not just sugar, it's sugar, it's gluten, it's food additives, it's, it's dyes, it's all the things, all of these things are altering their brain chemistry. So it's very important that you start reading labels, especially if your child is suffering from any of these things. If you're suffering from any of these things, remove folic acid from your diet, a million percent supplement with a methyl folate, but really run your genetics first, work with a practitioner to see what you really need because you don't want to overcompensate either. Okay, so let's take a step back and talk about what folate is. Because remember, folic acid is synthetic. It is lab-created. It is not bioavailable. Folate is. You need methylfolate. Um, and it is essentially is what makes our DNA, our genetic material, cell rep- replication, cell division, protein folding, all those things. It balances homocysteine. So if you are high inflammation, you're going to be low glutathione. You, you have to be on top of those homocysteine numbers and know that they are pointing to a problem. Um, it is important for your brain and nervous system function. Like we said, your neurotransmitters, your liver, heart, organ health. And so let's talk about some symptoms of low folate. This is something that I see all the time, all the intakes. So we have chronic GI issues, anemia. Uh, go figure. We are in an anemia epidemic, right? And really, we're just bioavailable B vitamin deficient, um, muscle weakness, numbness, tingling, neuropathy, depression, cognitive impairment, dementia, ADD, ADHD, autism, autoimmunity. This causes um, folate receptor antibodies, like we talked about, more blocking of folate receptors, headaches, heart palpitations, tinnitus, chronic fatigue, visual disturbances. For me, I definitely already knew because I was somebody who got aura migraines. Like I knew there was something off. I was the only one in my family that had it. So is it a matter of, well, I'm just, you know, my history, my toxicities are the ones that turned on that switch. Was I, you know, not supporting that enough, whatever it may be, but that is one of the telltale signs of low folate. So, um, like I said, Vegan, vegetarian, you need to support that. This overlaps with a B12 or a methylcobalamin deficiency. Um, so make sure that you are not just supporting folate-containing foods, but also B12, methylcobalamin-containing foods as well, because they work synergistically. And I also want to say, like I said before, correlation does not equal causation. But these numbers are undeniable. Like, like I said, a simple Google search and increase in childhood illness, autism since 1998, go do that. Look at what you see. 
it's there. The information's there. And we cannot wait on the government to ban this. I mean, the government already doesn't ban toxicities like glyphosate and all of these other things that are slowly wrecking our health, right? Don't wait for the science on this one. If you have a SNP, watch for folic acid. If your child has any of these conditions, watch for folic acid. Remove it completely from their diet. They cannot afford to lose any more methylation activity. And if you are pregnant, avoid folic acid, check your prenatal vitamins, take a methyl folate, make sure that your body is supporting phosphatidylcholine, which is important for cell membrane uh, repair and formation. So you definitely want to be supporting that. Um, You don't want to have that correlation with increase in postpartum depression and anxiety. So definitely check your vitamins for folic acid. Look at methylation if you can, especially preconception. Like if you support these pathways before you have a baby, before you conceive, um, that is ideal. But a lot of times we don't, we don't, we're not told that. We're we don't go there. We might run the you know blood testing on the on the on the baby, but that's not the same thing. If we arm ourselves with this information before, how powerful would that be? If we can support our methylation before we conceive, um, that is the ideal situation, um, and it will give you an idea of what to support so that you can lower the risk of these um, birth defects and um, issues for you, issues for the baby, and. Um, you know, anything, any chronic condition that could follow if we don't support methylation. So I hope this was insightful. I hope it is empowering. I hope that it might have made some connections for you all. Um, It certainly did for me. I certainly had to learn the hard way on some of these things with my own son. Um, He was tongue-tied. My husband was also tongue-tied, so I kind of just blamed him on that. Um, But now that I know my snips, I know that I had a role in that as well. and you, it really does make you make a more conscious effort of what you're doing with your child. What are you putting in their body? Um, what are you exposing them to? How are you feeding them? And, and for children who have these mutations, we have to be hyper vigilant because they can't make these decisions on their own. It is our job as parents to empower ourselves with as much knowledge as we can. We do the best we can with the information we have, but the information's there now. And we have to empower ourselves. And so preconception planning, please look at your methylation. Please avoid folic acid. Um, For your children, look into their methylation, especially if they're showing any signs of methylation error at all, so that you can know what to support to give them a healthy adulthood um, and lower the risk of these chronic conditions, uh, especially if, you, you know, you have a history, right? So empower yourself. Take advantage of being in this age of enlightenment, this age of information. Um, And it's not to cause confusion. It's to cause clarity. So get clarity from testing that are specific to you and the, the tests that really matter, right? And so this is something that matters. And it's something that can really help you reel in lifestyle, reel in diet, reel in toxin exposure, because it's very important, um, Uh, in affecting how your body repairs, rebuilds, and what your genetics are turned on or off based on how you support it. So I hope this brought some clarity. I hope I'm under an hour, Um, but I really appreciate your guys' questions. This was an amazing episode, and I'd like to go deeper into some of the mutations, so just follow me on IG at dr.stacy.nd, and I'll go more into some of that probably on there. So have a great rest of your day, guys, and I will talk to you soon. 